are you doing? I'm trying to find that intro. Are you high, Tolly? It's a waste of time. Yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm high because I'm trying to find an intro. <laughs> oh my gosh. What's it called? Real something? Real Indigenous. All right. Holly Two Chimachukma. Welcome to Real Indigenous, where these Indigenous peeps get real about what's on our screen and a few ventures in between. This week, we are talking with my boy Tyler Randall, who is the host of Skoden Cinema Podcast. And we're just going to kind of chit chat about like films and movies that have indigenous centric stories, plots, ideas, and kind of talk about the state of, of indigenous cinema. And to bring their thoughts, feelings, and critical mind is my sister from Tahlequah, the triple threat. Candace. And my oh Anupiak sister. What's your name again? Anupiak. Anupiak. Am I saying it? Inupiac, my Inupiac With a very sister. southern accent. It's a Fuck very yeah. southern accent. <laughs> <laughs> Inupiac. Inupiac. <laughs> and who is you be, Miss Inupiac? I'm Angela. All right. All right, Brother Tyler, man. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for getting on here and, uh, and spending a little time with us. So tell us about yourself. Tell us who you are, where you come from, uh, what, your, what your bona fides are. Yeah, well, my name is Tyler Randall, and uh, I, I host the uh, Skoden Cinema Podcast. Uh, it's pretty much available on all, all the available platforms. Uh, I, I'm actually from born and raised in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I spent my whole life here. And uh, I went to school, you know, here locally. I went to college at University of Oklahoma. I got a film degree. Uh, What's called media arts. Um, I, I wanted to go to school to be like an animator, um, but I, I found out that's a lot of work. <laughs> when I got to college, it, uh, it, it's crazy. Uh, you know, I, I tell my tell the student. I, I also teach school, and I always tell my students, like, man, all the technology things. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was on the end of that. Like, you know, everything I learned in school, basically, by the time I graduated, was just dead. Like, it was pointless because we were still like, you know, doing animation like the old way, where you like worked with a team and somebody did backgrounds, and we worked on cells, and people were taking pictures of it like on 16 millimeter or we do stop motion like the old like gray Harryhausen way where you just move a little figure or you know a little chess piece or whatever just a, a just a millimeter at a time or so you know so we did I just kind of came up the old school way you know shooting on 16 millimeter but uh, graduated in 2000 and uh, took a bit of from, from art and filmmaking decided that uh, I wanted to try try something different and there's not really a whole lot you can do with your art degree. <laughs> Once you have it, your options are pretty limited unless you want to go to California and, or, or uh, Austin or, or uh, you know, places like that. And I don't know, I'm just a, a small town boy and, and places like that just scare the shit out of me. So I'm just more comfortable here with my people, <laughs> you know. So uh, I thought if I can't, if I can't do art or, or, or do films, uh, for a living then the next best thing is you know at least I could I could teach so I went back to school I went to NSU and got my uh, teaching certification through NSU and I've uh, been teaching now for 17 years I'm currently employed at intermediate school out in Bixby and just living life <laughs> loving it married have five kids <laughs> you know all I don't know what else you want to know <laughs> oh man well I'll, <laughs> I'll blow your mind even more my, my oldest son is 27 and my youngest son is one wow <laughs> wow raise his own babysitter that's good <laughs> <laughs> so industry that's a northeastern state university that's in Tahlequah right well I, I did end up going to Tahlequah um, I just did it at, at BA which is like the most boring school in the world but I'm only there to get my certification and I got it knocked out in less than a year. And, you know, like I said, it just, I don't know. I'm, it's the greatest decision that I ever made. You know what I mean? Like, it's so fulfilling. It's so rewarding at the end of the day. You hear, you know, public schools right now are kind of getting the doo-doo into the stick. But I love what I do. And, you know, I, I work hard and, you know, try to build those relationships with those kids. And I don't know. It's just, it's the best decision I ever made. Good <laughs> for you. Good. <laughs> Wonderful. What's your tribal town? Uh, Tulsa. Yeah. The new Tulsa uh, is my tri 
tribal town. Uh, I am uh, Deer Clan, and uh, I'm a member of the Arbica Ceremonial Grounds down in Henrietta. So what do you teach? I teach art, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. Uh, this is my fourth year teaching intermediate. Uh, I taught elementary for, oh Lord, 13 years and took a break. I wanted to try something different. So I went to, uh, tried to high school and that was the worst experience of my <laughs> life. <laughs> and so uh, I, I hightailed it back to elementary as quick as uh, that final bell rang in, in May. <laughs> I was on my way back to elementary. But anyway, uh, I absolutely love it. I look forward to going to work every day. If, if you can say that, I mean, you know, you're in a good spot, you know, where you actually look forward to seeing the kids and, you know, it's, it's just fun. I mean, I love what I do. <laughs> and do you teach them uh, like film <laughs> arts or anything like that? Yeah, actually I do. We do a film unit every year that I, that I taught. So like last year, and I think this year, we kind of team up with a music teacher and we did, uh, we're going to do stop motion. So I, I teach them the old way, you know, I mean, the way I knew how to do it and show them some old Ray Harryhausen films and those old stop motion film like King Kong, you know, those old school uh, movies. We do it on a, there's, there's a lot of cool apps out now. So anybody that's listening, Onion Cam is like the best app that's free. You can get it for free and it's basically just guides you through the entire process. It's awesome. And so I usually do a stop motion unit with sixth grade. Uh, we did like a, a film montage. We talked about what montages were and kind of like their purpose. And so we did film montage. We've tried short films. I'm teaching a screenwriting class right now with my sixth grade class. So I try to incorporate as much of my background as I possibly can. So do you show films in class? Like a, kind of like a, do you get to show like maybe like kind of film appreciation classes and like, do you get to go and like, I don't know, do you get to show any native films in your classes? Uh, yeah, I I can't really show like well, it just kind of depends. So as far as like the um, age of, yeah, because of the show, age and and you the, can't yeah. show rated R P right. Know, so we did a big unit this past November on Stephen Paul Judd, and oh. I ended up showing a lot of clips from Six Pack and Gas Money. The kids just dug that, and they absolutely love Stephen Paul Judd. And they were like, "Do you know him?" And I'm like, "Well." I've met him, you know, several occasions. Like, I wouldn't say that we're on a first name basis, you know, but like, I mean, I, we kind of know each other, you know what I mean? But they just thought that was so cool. And his art, I mean, they loved it. And they kept asking, can we do this again? Can we do this again? <laughs> so, but yeah, I've shown that. And then I showed, well, I showed the documentary that is it Kyle Bell did on him as well. And then what else have I shown them? I usually do like a big native unit in for november and so uh, we did watercolor uh, we did like abstract watercolor i told them about all the different types of like uh dance styles you know and they did like this abstract dancer which turned out really really cool we did uh ledger art was with stephen paul judd we did ledger art we learned the history of that and try to think of what else we did. Uh, we did some kind of, man, we could, did a dream catcher, but I kind of told him the history of the dream catcher and kind of like how it, what it is and like where it is now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's one of those tongue in cheek things. It's like it, you bring it up on to some people and they get mad. And then some people like, oh yeah, you know what I mean? So um, that was the only one I was kind of, didn't really skirt around it, but like, you know, the kids dug it and, you know, at least it got him interested. And so, yeah, I've always done like native culture, big, big native culture. In fact, I go through um, every month, we have like a monthly salutation and I teach them how to say a greetings in native American languages. And so we've done uh, Kiowa, we've done uh, Muscogee, we've done Cherokee, we've done Osage, we'll do Choctaw. So we'll just go through, you know, basically all the tribes, you know, represented here in the great state of Oklahoma. <laughs> I always ask, I was like, you know, I was like, there are any like Navajo that, you know, you'd be surprised, you know, um, even small town Bixby, you know, the population out there is, you know, when you think about Bixby, you don't native, probably not the first thing that comes to mind. You just think of sod farms and snuff cans, but <laughs> there's a lot of natives out there though. You know, I was, I was surprised, you know, when I ask around and the kids know, you know, that they they are when you get those some kids that are like eh, i'm native i just don't know i don't know what kind and so i'm like you need to find out 
like that's your homework go find out mm-hmm. like what 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 tribe Good. you're from so that's what i had to do <laughs> me too well not really i mean but <laughs> i mean all i mean it was just kind of like growing up like you know i didn't i wasn't raised traditional you know what i mean like I, I, anything that i've learned is just by asking questions and you know you guys got to ask the right people but i felt like a real dumbass you know like ask like i just don't know and it wasn't really till i got into college that i started like getting involved you know what i mean um, I met I met a lot of natives, and that's when they started taking me down to Henrietta, just kind of learning like those old. I mean, just immediately, I'm like, that's this is what I this is where I belong. It's just an automatic connection. It was like that was what was missing in my life. You know, I felt you know growing up all those years, like you know, being drugged from church to church. And I'm not saying it's you know anything bad about that, but like it just didn't fulfill me that the way that. Like, I, I kind of faked it, you know what I mean? Like, I'm supposed to feel this, so, you know what I mean? But it wasn't until yeah. I started ceremonial grounds and participating in stomp dances or green corn and, you know, touch of medicine and, and all that stuff, you know, that I really, like, man, this is, this is what has been missing from my life. And it really changed my life for the, for the better, you know? So how long have you been doing your podcast? The podcast uh, has been off and on. <laughs> <laughs> for, uh, will be com- this this coming summer will be two years so the whole podcast thing it started out as a written show okay I- I'll give you the reader's digest version so I had just gotten <laughs> divorced and I-, I was just really in a bad place and I was just doing a lot of things that you know I knew better than I should be doing and I was drinking way more than I probably should have and just just doing anything to just kind of kill that pain you know but long story short, uh, I met with met up with a guy that I hadn't talked to since college. And this is like 10 years after I'd gotten out of college or 12 years after I got actually 12 years after I got out of college. Hadn't spoke to him since the day we left. And he moved back. He was going to school at Alt Mulgee on the GI Bill. And he called me up and was like, hey, man, um, you live in Tulsa? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, we should we should start working out. So I'm like, all right, let's 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 do it, you know. So um, we drive down, I drive down to his house and paid a little gym in his garage. And we just kind of started working out. And had he not made that phone call, man, I don't know what, I mean, I, I would, I was just in like a dark place, you know what I mean? But just, it gave me a reason to like get out of the house and go do something. But anyway, long story short, we just had the best time just getting together and just talking and laughing. And, and then um, when we'd work out, he'd start bringing down like the old TV. It had like the VCR in it, like the, the mm-hmm. combo. <laughs> and we like put on like all these old like stupid like action movies, you know, from like the eighties, like all of our VHS tapes and stuff. And then we just laugh in those movies, you know. And well, then like and work out. And then like Facebook started, so we started like a Facebook page for our workout group. And it was just a joke. It started out as as a straight joke, but I started doing like a uh, we'd watch a film and I would write about it. And so like some of these like critique it and just like these critiques are pretty funny. I mean, I'm not one to toot my own horn, but some of them we're writing together and they were pretty damn funny. And my cousin was reading one of those on that Facebook group that we had started. And she was like, this would make a killer podcast. And I was like, oh, you know, she's like, you ever thought about that? And I'm like, no, I mean, I listen to podcasts, but like I never I never even thought about starting one of my own you know I had no clue even how to do it so um, I just started like googling like how to do a podcast (laughs) and just like watching YouTube videos and like trying to figure it out and I just taught myself how to do it and then my oldest son he came over and showed me he's like all I got to do you can record on GarageBand because I had this real beat up old laptop that I was using that my mom had given me just years back I mean it was like thick as a brick it was like this old mac but it had this real primitive version of like um, garage band on it and he showed me how to set it all up and how to how to record and i didn't know you know what kind of mic to get so i just put in like podcast mic and like i didn't buy the most expensive one because i was like if it's a bust i don't want to be out the 150 bucks i didn't buy the cheap one because i i bought the one kind of in the middle like a little 70 dollar one and so once I had all the equipment and I knew how to do it, I just was like, well, now what do I do? So I was listening to like all these different movie review podcasts and I, you know, listened to like these true crime podcasts and, you know, all these different, these other, uh, I was listening to like Sterling Harjo's The Cuts and, 
you know, like all these other, like some of these native centric uh, podcasts. And I didn't know like what type of podcast would be good. Like, you know, I mean, there's a thousand like movie ones, you know what I mean? But I was like, I wasn't sure like where to even like what something that's unique. And so I started doing research and like, I found out that like at the time when I started, there was no native film podcast at all. There was none, there was nothing. And so I was like, Oh my God, like, well, there you go. Like I have loved native cinema and I love talking about native film and it's a very unique genre and it's got a very unique, it's like a built-in audience kind of, you know what I mean? Like, you know, so I was wanting to really kind of, you know, hype, you know, even the people that don't know it, that there's native, there's always been native cinema, you know? And so I was trying to like, you know, bring, bring forth some of these little forgotten gems or some of these films that nobody had ever heard of and try to start talking about those. So once I got my, my, my topic or whatever, my, my theme, then I just started rolling with it. And I recorded like four episodes probably, and they all sucked. So I didn't put them out because <laughs> I didn't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> so there's like four lost episodes that are on my laptop that nobody will ever hear because they're terrible. And even like those first few, I mean, I don't know if you ever heard them. They're, they're rough to get through. But once I hit about episode four, uh, like Ghost Dance, I felt I kind of hit a stride. Like I said, it's just so much fun to do. Like I love doing it. And then COVID happened. And so I kind of took a little bit of a break because it's a lot of work. You know what I mean? When you do all this research, like I'm reading books, I'm like, like I was like putting in a lot of hours trying to bring like good content or at least content that I thought was interesting to, to the audience. And anyway, so I, I kind of got not burned out, but just like, man, I got to stop for a bit. Cause like I was going to get burned out. You know what I mean? And then it took probably like a three or four month break. And then my buddy, Russell Sun Eagle, um, who's Pawnee, he has a podcast called Oki Podcast. And he reached out to me and he was like, Hey, would you want to be on my show? And I was like, Me? And he was like, Yeah. He's like, I checked out your show. And he's like, I, I freaking love it. Like, it's awesome. And I was like, My show? He was like, Yeah. <laughs> so that was like the first time that like I, I kind of thought people are listening. You know what I mean? So I learned pretty quick, like, just to, ignore the numbers and just do it because you enjoy doing it and the audience is there they may not like come out in droves for you but um the audience is there and i also just love the fact that like podcasts even like just meeting y'all it's like we're, it's like a family you know what i mean like i love the fact i've never met any podcaster that wasn't just like so supportive and just lift each other up and you know i, I love coming on people's shows i love having people on my show and like I said, just try to hype up is, you know, all these native podcasters out there. I try, try to shout one out every episode. So what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> so with that, talking about your podcast, I think I checked out the How I Hired one first. And yeah. you're the one that pointed out to me that it's a Christmas movie. And yeah. Like, oh, shit. I didn't even think about it. Now I know what my favorite Christmas movie is. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of Christmas native movies. I don't know what that would look like, you know. Well, there is Christmas in the clouds. I don't know if you ever saw that one, but that was <laughs> I don't a think little I bit of... <laughs> Yeah, well, Grand uh, Green's in it, but uh... I'm putting it on my list. Put it on your list, man. List. Check it out. Let's see what you say about it. What I like about what you do is that you do some deep cuts, even with a movie like Jingle Dress, which kind of like I've never seen, but it doesn't sound like a quote unquote great movie. <laughs> but <laughs> it's not, but it's charming, man. Yeah, and the way you fucking talk about these movies, even if they're probably shit movies, you're like all enthusiastic because you're giving us the deep cuts of what's going on behind the scenes. But yeah. I mean, this is like, you know, the kind of things that people talk about when, when you know, a critical analysis of what a film is. is. Was that part of your educational background to learn to read movies and understand movies and to, you know, find all those things and do that deep of a research? Or was that just something you did on your own? Yeah, no, that's just always been my nature and it drives my wife crazy. Like, and just even growing up, man, if I wanted to know something, like I would like almost become like obsessed with it, like to the point where like, I mean, it was like, are you okay? Cause it's like, that's all you talk about. You know what I mean? And then once I learn everything there is to know about it, I just like move on. You know what I mean? So I've always been that way with no matter like what subject it was, whether it was like sports or whether it was movies or whether it was books, like 
you know, I would read like a Oscar Wilde, like picture Dorian Gray. And I'm like, who is this guy? And I would like go and research Oscar Wilde. And I would like read all these Oscar Wilde plays and poems and short stories. And, you know, so I've just kind of, that's always how I've been. And like, that's what interests me is just like the whole picture, you know, versus just what's up there on the screen. There's some amazing stories out there. Uh, one of the, the most amazing stories was the one I just did with Clearcut. Um, you know, even though that's not a native director, Reisgard Bugashki, he's like a Polish filmmaker. The, uh, the story I told was when he was, you know, he was born like two weeks before like the, the German invasion of, uh, of Poland and his family and himself was rounded up and about ready to be sh like on a firing squad. They had rounded them up. They're going to shoot him right there in the street. And right before they started to unload, I guess, a bomb had gone off and it knocked the wall over and it killed the whole firing squad. And like they, that allowed them to escape, which is like, you know what oh I mean? Like, God. it's just, yeah, it's crazy. So that's like crazy. Stories, stories like that, I'm like, well, no, like that's the guy that had to make clear cut. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you've seen that movie, but I mean, it all makes sense to me. Like he's the perfect director for that because he has, he has that background and, you know, I don't know, like, I just, I've always been that way. Just like, just dive straight in, into everything. Like I'm an internet movie database junkie. Like I look up all the facts. I look up, we're watching it. My wife's like, get off your phone. I'm like, I'm reading about this movie. Like as we're watching it, you know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, I've just always been that way. And. Oh, I, I have to ask, did you have Joanna Rapp as an instructor? I did. I had Heidi Mao. Okay. I, yeah, Heidi Mao was my was my instructor when I was there. Yeah, I graduated from OU too. Oh, okay, okay, awesome. So Joanna Rapp was the daughter of one of the founders of MGM, who taught at OU. Oh no way! I did not know that. Yeah, she was my film theory instructor, and oh, oh my okay. gosh, yeah, film school. She's retired. Beautiful. She's not dead. She's just retired. retired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, film film school does that to you. Like I've always. I was like a film geek before it was like a cool thing to do. I would see anything and even indie cinema. I was like checking out foreign films. It was just a great time to grow up if you were into film because of just the accessibility of all these crazy ass movies just with the, the video store. You know, I mean, you could literally like that was my library, <laughs> you know, I'd go in every Saturday or Friday night, Saturday and just walk out like a stack of videos and just go home and watch them. And so that was kind of like my, I'm not really like self-taught. I just, I just looked at movies way into like, what am I trying to say? Like deeper, I guess, maybe trying to look for things that probably weren't there. <laughs> it's just like, oh, that's just how I've always been. <laughs> when we go into film watching, you like, you're talking about like, you do your research, you, you like to look up the IMDb database, which I love to do. I love looking up, like, it doesn't matter which film I love to go look up all the trivia because I, mm -hmm. I, I think it's just fun yeah I, I think one of the most um I guess helpful tools for me to sometimes understand like a character's journey through a film if it's a you know more of a typical story kind of narrative is uh there was a, a lady named Avery Stork and it was her film acting class I come at it more from from the acting perspective a lot of times um was she said to look at the first frame of the film and the last frame of the film to know or to get a grasp on what a character's journey is. And, you know, we we watched a few different examples, you know, of, um, of films I actually hadn't seen before, you know, like a first frame and then a last frame or the first time our protagonist appears and as compared to the last frame and she'd be like even if you've never seen these films what 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 would you guess their journeys were like and I wondered how do you uh do you do anything like that like how do you how do you come into um uh, looking at films native films and non-native films all the films <laughs> honestly like when I when I go to like pick a pick pick a show that I'm gonna like do an episode on or pick a movie I'm gonna do an episode on the very first thing I do is whether I've seen it before or some of these are first time watches I just watch it. I just watch it for enjoyment. And then the second time I watch it, that's when I kind of start taking a few notes. And then the third time I watch it, like I probably watch it like four or five times before I finally start to sit down and write about it. So I've always just sort of looked at it like, like character arcs are huge for me. And you, 
you know, you, you you've got to follow that that character. You're along for the ride, you know, on that journey, and you can see like they're. I mean, it's almost a lot of them are like kind of like clockwork to me. It's like like through the first act, it's like you know the conflict or or whatever has been established, and then you know there's sort of like the middle middle act, like is where it's like you know like how how is he going to face the, the conflict or how is she going to face the conflict and and then the, there's like the climax and then sort of like the conclusion. So I've always just looked at them more like three acts, like three act films. And if I can find, you know, all right, well, there's the end of act one, you know, like that's when the plot's basically established and the theme of the movie is established and everything. And then it just kind of moves forward from there. But I don't really have like a, a formula that I use. I just, I just enjoy, I mean, I just watch it and be like, okay, I just pick the things that I were memorable to me. And then I just kind of go off of that, like the things that stick out to me, even if it's, I just look at like all overall, sometimes it's sound design, sometimes it's cinematography, sometimes it is acting, sometimes it's just, it's just the story, you know, it may not have good actors and it may not have <laughs> great sound design, but the story's solid, you know what I mean? So as long as you can follow, pick something that you can follow, like that's sort of what I kind of latch on to <laughs> when, when I do films or watch films follow-up question then well what if it's like a horrible movie like the eternals how do you pick <laughs> that apart how do you watch that four times did you have you never seen ghost dance you never saw did you never listen to my episode on ghost dance i'm sorry i have not listened to that episode <laughs> i don't know like have you seen the eternals number one <laughs> i have not seen honestly uh, i was telling okay. my friends like to me the, the marvel universe ended with endgame and i'm okay with that like i don't i don't need to go forward <laughs> anymore but that was the perfect conclusion for the marvel universe to me. but anyway I, I don't know like i no matter how terrible the film is i guarantee you i can find something about it that i liked even if it's like unintentionally funny even if it's like a giant plot hole, like that you can sort of laugh at, like, I just love movies and like, not going to say there's no bad movies out there because there sure. are, but I, I, I can definitely enjoy probably 90% of the films that I watch. Um, you just gotta, I don't know, like, you just have to let yourself like not be too critical. Sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, and just enjoy it for what it is. Am I going to be entertained for the next 90 minutes? And if a film does that, whether it's, great or whether it's shit like that's fine as long as i was i entertained with one way or the other i will say the eternals was pretty had a very <laughs> pretty design there very very pretty design it's a good movie to look at <laughs> it was like the graphics like the magic you know their powers they were pretty to watch it was yeah. pretty to watch them do their power yeah. thingies but the plot <laughs> yeah i've heard no. i've heard yeah well don't watch it four times no unless you really want know. to I won't tell you what to well, do. Well, there's but... some films, like, if I have to watch it in a couple of, like, takes me two days to get through it, then that might be. <laughs> well, now. That might be like, a sign. That was, that was me and Malcolm X. It took me. Oh, I love that oh, movie. Like, I well, love that mean? movie. That but it's Denzel so long. The greatest, I that's his greatest. I couldn't sit there me. for that long. Malcolm yeah. X was fantastic. It totally went into it. Not even looking at how long it was going to be. We were like, Dad exactly. and I were like, oh, Denzel, Malcolm X, we got to watch this. And then we watched yeah. it and we're like, we're like, not even know, halfway like, through the movie. Like, how okay, long is I this gotta, movie? And, but we, we powered through because it yeah. was, a, well, because so Denzel good. and yeah. also it's incredible just incredible story kind of like every time it you is. changed ages i was like okay time to break it was like a reading book <laughs> exactly loved every minute of it spread it out over a month so that <laughs> chapter one <laughs> so what are some of the trends you're seeing in in native cinema to me, like, I, I still feel that we're, we're, we're still trying to define what that, that is. Um, I've always looked at native cinema uh, broken up into like eras and I kind of hearken it to like the Godzilla films where it's like, they're all broken up into eras too. Like the Showa era, you have the Heshi era, you have the millennial era, you know? And to me, like native cinema is just like that. I mean, you have like the early silent films where they, it was sort of like the vanishing american era and you have during that time the very first native filmmaker of all time the very first guy is james is it young young deer i think was young his deer. name yeah, yeah young deer 
And uh, sadly, like there's not very many of his films that are even out there. Like they, they didn't survive. But he was the very first one that was sort of making like these silent films where like the Indians were the heroes and, you know, they were like, they were still kind of portrayed a little, little savage like, but still like it was quite the accomplishment given the era. But a lot of those early silent films were sort of like time capsules to me where they were trying to like capture as much culture or keep it as true life as you possibly could, as they possibly could. And then you sort of move into like the, like the talkie films. And that's just like the straight up John Ford, like savage era, <laughs> you know, and that really kind of stays that way until I want to say Will Sampson, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Cause that's to me, I think one of the very first times I can remember seeing. And of course I was, I was too young to even grasp it at the time, but looking at it now with much you know, surprise, like that's the first like contemporary native American portrayal you know in, in cinema that i could think of i mean you don't really count billy jack because he wasn't native <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if did tom lofton did he claim did he ever claim i don't think he ever claimed which is weird do you guys know if he's ever claimed because i don't think he did is that why it's still accepted <laughs> i get well it's a bad it's a badass indian dude kicking ass and he's doing karate that's why or judo no, I, I mean, I, I love it for what it is, but like, you know what I mean? But then you sort of have like those red face films of like the 70s. I want to say Art like Lancaster, uh, yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. You've got Charles Bronson and Charo. Now, yeah. Charles Bronson, I think he claimed at one time, didn't he? I think he did I too. Think he did, yeah. I think he did too. Yeah. And so you have, but then you also have like a lot of like Hispanic actors portraying natives. Uh, Victor, was it Mojica? Uh, it was like Puerto Rican. He did several, like uh, Johnny, uh, was it Johnny Thundercloud? Um, he did, uh, well, he was in Ghost Dance. He was in uh, Angry Joe Bass. Just like these little exploitation films, you know, kind of like the old black exploitation films where like the script has been flipped, you know, where the, the white guys are, or the white people are the, the enemies. And so you kind of have like that, that era. And then in the 80s, I think with independent cinema, that's when it kind of started slowly becoming like a more of a reality you know it, as much as it hurts to say it was really dances with wolves that, that really kind of kicked that door open you know i mean at the time like man i was in love with that film everybody was though oh, yeah. you know what i mean like that was like oh my god that like was, I, that, that was, was the like movie film Cat yeah winning, absolutely know, and it epic. broke barriers yeah uh, but then you have like i'm doing a doing war party which was released two years before that so then you sort of have like these, this era of like native sympathy films. <laughs> but then I guess it was really, it was a Chris Eyre that with smoke signals to me, like that's yeah. the first like full yeah. on like native film where it was native cast, native crew, native actors, native writer, mm. you know, and that was like the very first one. And to me, like now we're moving into the era where we have control and mm. you got to think people like. Uh, Jeff Barnaby, Sidney Freeland, Sterling Harjo is definitely in on that. Uh, Brett Hansel and yeah, Bell, uh, all those young ones. Yeah, Tazba Chavez. Tazba, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Sierra, so now it's like we're we're yeah, absolutely. So I mean, now you have the era where it's like okay, they have stories to tell, and they're good stories, you know. And so that's the trend I'm seeing now is is like we finally we finally have our time to shine <laughs> you know and I, and I love the fact that all of these doors are opening you know I think you also got to kind of think you know Taika why was it I can't remember pronounce his last name Watiti Watiti yeah you got to thank him too for bringing yeah well even him I mean he did what is it almost always want to call that movie Rambo but it's Rambo Lost Boy or Boy it's called Boy 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 yeah Boy, I always want to call it Rambo. I don't know why I want to call it Rambo, but anyway, <laughs> uh, boy, because he's no. it's a kid that likes Michael Jackson. I don't know why I always want to call that movie Rambo, but I always do. But anyway, um, so you have like, you know, he really kind of opened those doors for like these indigenous filmmakers, and I just love the fact that like, you know, he and Sterling kind of came up together, and when he made it big, you know, made it kept his promise. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, you just have to respect that so much, and so. I mean, I see these powerful performances in these contemporary settings, um, you know, I don't know, like, it, I just, 
it kind of gets me choked up sometimes because it's sad to say, like, I never thought I would live to see this day. Mm-hmm. And when I first saw like res dogs, like I did, I got choked up. I'm mean, getting goosebumps now just thinking about it, just talking about it because I never thought I would ever hear like my language being spoken on a television show. I would never thought the very first Creek song I ever learned was sung on that, that show. I just thought, like, I can't believe what I'm watching. Like, I just was dumbfounded, you know, that that was, and, and it's good and it's great and everybody loves it. You know, that's, what's exciting to me. It's like, it's, it's native driven, but it still shows for everyone that everybody can enjoy even Rutherford falls. I mean, you know, you still have, you know, Ed Helms is the lead, but you know, there's a solid native cast behind him. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, and without native and, and it's a native yeah. creator too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, even though he's the lead in it, I mean, without that supporting cast, like he would not be able to play that role the way he does, you know, cause he has well, and it, and a stellar asks, ensemble. And it asks a really important question. Who controls the narrative? You know, right. that, that whole series focuses on who tells the history right is mike sure really i think fleshed that out talking to the showrunner so right right which you know reservation dogs is a anthology slice of life type this is you know kind of lifting the curtain on what it's like to be on the res in eastern oklahoma right right Whereas Rutherford Falls takes that kind of a bigger step back to see who's telling the story and yeah. who's controlling the, the narrative, which I find interesting yeah. that they're so different, but they're moving the whole conversation forward. So I'm just excited to see where it all goes and where this is all leading to. You know, I mean, I just, I, like I said, like, I just, it's such an exciting time. I mean, it's always exciting time to be native, but it is really exciting time now, especially if you're in the entertainment industry, you know, because these are opportunities that we've never had before. I mean, you go from like the fifties and sixties when you only really had like Jay Silver Hills and trying to think of some of one other, (laughs) I can't think of any like native actors of that era. You know what I mean? Other than Jay Silver Hills. But so you, I mean, you go from that, to where we are now i mean that is a massive step forward mm. a massive step forward where you i mean i can't even name you one actor other than jace Overhills, you know up until will sampson in the 70s that was like full blood you know what i mean yeah yeah and that's just crazy to me we've never been given this opportunity and i'm so thankful that we have it now and plus you know not even just film and tv just all like podcasting like when i got into the podcast game like there was a few native shows, but then like, it just opened up. I mean, it's just, there's so much native content out there that I absolutely, I, my, my time is, is stacked for weeks, <laughs> you know, listening to all these shows. It's just awesome. It's so good. And a lot of them are even local, you know I mean? A lot of Oklahoma are out of Oklahoma. So it's just, like I said, it's a great day to be indigenous. And what I think is cool too is that it's like it kind of like you know following our the civil rights movement you know in the sixties and the seventies is that what seems to be going hand in hand with I think just native art in general is that there's also this explosion onto the mainstream's radar of native literature too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure, absolutely. Yeah, I think I, I'm just yeah, like you said, like I like it whenever it's like you can tell like what is it like we all we all what's it called we're all lifted up by the tide by the same tide we all oh right? yeah yeah absolutely tide yeah lifts we're all here to lift each other up and that's something else i think that that like res dogs has done like you know what i mean like it's a show that has brought all tribes together that they can all look at that show and and just enjoy it and it's like it's brought us all together i mean that is one thing like We've never had that in media before, you know, where we had something that we all could watch, that we all could get behind, that we all, you know what I mean? So I, I feel that, like, unlike anything else that I've ever, you know, being native before, like, just feeling that love, you know, from, you know, all tribes, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it's amazing to me. Like, no one's the standoffish as they used to be. Like, you know what I mean? Like, everybody's just so welcoming. Like, I don't know. And I don't know if that's a direct result of that but i think it certainly 
lend some kind of credence to that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It just, it seems to me like it just brought everybody together. I mean, when we went to the, the river spirit to watch like the opening, like the first two episodes with the casting crew, it was so cool just to look at that audience, man. And just like sea of Brown, like from wall to wall, everybody's there. Everybody's laughing. Everybody's smiling. Everybody's slapping each other on the back. And like, you know, I just was like, I cannot believe that the kid that when I was leaving Sterling Harjo, that everybody was telling me, watch this kid. <laughs> Because he was coming in to OU when I left. I knew, I mean, I knew who he was and that was introduced to him. And he was just a young kid. He's probably 20, maybe 19, 20 at the time when he said, I just, I can't, it's great. It's awesome. I can't believe that, you know, he, he's, he's, he's where he's at, but well-deserved. He's the hardest working guy I know. <laughs> One of them. I want to read this Facebook status real quick from my friend. It's from an author, Tiffany Mid. She wrote, bury my heart at Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Oh, this, most of her, most of her statuses are like really funny. And she just said, I received the weirdest email. A major film studio in Hollywood sent me an audition invitation for a role in an upcoming film, along with a non-disclosure agreement. I don't know how I got on their radar or their list since I am not an actor, but it is funny to think that now that Indians have finally broke through into media and film and television, that casting agencies are sending out audition invitations to random Indians. (laughs) (laughs) And I just thought Tiffany is crazy. And I was like, that really amused me. And it just like, ah, come and audition, come and audition. Y'all watch out. That might be your next uh, uh, Egyptian prince. Uh, the first you got to send me a thousand dollars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I already got one of those emails for, for crewing up for some big project. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I just got invited to do a live show, some kind of like uh, in March. It's like me and Russell Sun Eagle and then Isaiah Lastly and Josh Harris from Toke Signals. We're going to do like a live podcast to open up like this rap concert Sweet. Cool. At, at, at the, at the shrine. And I'm like, uh, what? Awesome. Like I never in a million years thought that like a podcast that I did out of my garage would lead to something like this. You know what I mean? Like, it's just That's insanity. Awesome. <laughs> so you just never know like what doors I are going to open. What's, what's <sighs> a native project that you are looking forward to, uh, coming that's upcoming that you were looking forward to discussing in the future okay so i'm i recorded part of the the film war party which is like a 1988 film starring billy worth and are you ready for this kevin dillon as (laughs) they were they're both uh the the leads in this film but it's still backed up with a really really solid native cast you've got dantu cardinal you've got dennis banks is in this uh, saginaw grant and richard way whitman is in this film so that's coming up. And then one of the things that I'm really excited about is I'm going to start doing like some native, like adjacent films. And so I've always been like a big monster guy. Like I just love like old, like creepy monsters, like, like Frankenstein and like Wolfman and Dracula. But anyway, but as a kid, I checked out this book, this Bigfoot book at the library. So I've always been into like Bigfoot, the Bigfoot mythos. And so I invited my friend Chris Hill and he and I, and I think Russell Sun Eagle is also going to, we're going to just kind of sit around and tell some Honka stories, the old native ghost stories and native um, Ihosa Stijepko stories. And so Chris, if you don't know Chris, oh my God, I, I, I want to start a show with him because he, he's got some stories. So we're just going to, we're going to do, I'm really excited about that. We're going to talk about like native ghost story smudge when yeah because he was like yeah he's like you know, he said he's like i'll do it he's like but we, we can't you can't talk about you're not supposed to talk about it after dark yeah. he said you know because um he'll it's come. bad it, it's bad medicine he said they'll come yeah he says he'll cut they, they're they, supposed they to bring come for you bad. you start talking about yeah that's what he said yeah he said so he's like if we do it like you know there's we have to take the necessary precautions so to speak but uh, so we're, I'm super excited for that, though, because like I said, Chris is legit. I mean, he's got he is a character. So I cannot wait for, for that. And then this I'm super 
excited for this show because I almost did Res Dogs, like just the whole show. But my buddy over at Native Film Talk, Ian Allison, he, he did like the synopsis of that. And if you don't know his show, go check his show out. It's amazing. So I've got War Party coming out. I got the Native Honka stories coming out. Got Legend of Boggy Creek coming out. Film Deep Dive. I'm doing the opening of the live show coming up um, in March. So I got a lot of exciting things coming up. And yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. Awesome. Well, let us know when those drop, especially the Honka stories. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Well, we were supposed to get together saturday but i don't know if that's going to happen now with the snow oh yeah. and chris is like I, we can do it over zoom but he's so much better like in person you know what i mean do you like, really want to be alone when you're telling those and stories? that's the other <laughs> thing that's the other thing because yeah I've, I've, I've done i've done a few like you know talk well i, I shouldn't say because it, it is after dark but we, we did uh the dead camp dance and we're kind of i was talking a little bit about like just old like native ghost stories and i was like you know it's not really like the the, the zombie because as far as i know like muskogee culture we don't have any kind of like dead you know like walking dead or anything like that no. skinwalker or nothing like that but i was like the thing that we're scared of the most is like like the lps <laughs> i was like that's what that's what everybody's scared of is scared of the most <laughs> but yeah i was talking about i was like i makes me nervous to talk about that stuff but anyway so yeah I'm, I'm excited for that and i'll definitely let y'all know when that comes out so you can follow me on instagram at Skoden underscore cinema. And then I also have a Facebook page. I have two groups because I'm old and I don't know what the hell I was doing. So <laughs> the, group, the first group I made was was private. And I was like, I didn't know that it was private. And I, I was like, how come nobody wants to join join my Facebook? <laughs> and then I like, oh, got to accept them. I, I looked, I had like 53 like requests. And I'm like, oh, that's why. So I was like, well, that's kind of dumb. Like, I don't know why. But then I, I turned around and made made one. I tried to make it public, but I couldn't figure out how to do it because I'm, you know, us old old farts and technology. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So I just made a second one. So I got two <laughs> Facebook groups, though. So I got Skoden Cinema and then there's a private group. But that's where you get the Patreon level is a private group. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Exclusive content. <laughs> where you actually say little people <laughs> oh, oh man that's my bedtime now i'm gonna i gotta go smudge yeah i got my cedar right here next to me right now <laughs> all right cool brother yeah man unless you got any last words of wisdom last thoughts last anything else you'd like to say oh just mado for for having me i'm, I'm just honored to be here i'm so glad you reached out to me and, and touch base and i was just i've been looking forward I, this is one of my favorite things to do is just meet other podcasters uh we just like i said we're just all here to lift each other up and, and support one another because that's what we what we got to do you know what i mean so i just appreciate you guys you know inviting me this has been so much fun i have really loved being here and talking with y'all so <laughs> thank you so much for having me well, thanks for joining us. Yeah. yeah. Anytime, anytime. If you want to talk dumb movies, let me know. <laughs> I got a, right, whole, got a whole pile right here. I'm looking at it right, right above me. <laughs> what was the Steven Seagal movie we talked about? Oh, The Patriot. I'll be doing yeah. that one. That I'll be doing that one just for Tully because um, I didn't even think about that. You know what I mean? Because, like, I'm trying to keep it as, much, as best I can to, like, the most native centric and i thought why have i never done the patriot because i don't i don't just, but anyway i got i will do that one yeah I <laughs> hang on i think i showed it to you i'll have to read the oops dropped my mic hang on a second oh hell i can't oh here it is right here so did i read you the the synopsis for that one you, you emailed it to me oh okay yeah 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 where it's like the top yeah. the what am i trying to say topical for right now it's oh. like a, this this virus plague that that's been unleashed in this small like town in montana and it affects everybody in town except the natives and so seagal is like the top like 
immunologist or however you say that he's like the immunologist I can't say it and then then, um his daughter is like half because he's married he was married to like a I don't even remember if she was Navajo it seems like they're always Navajo I don't know why (laughs) they not be Navajo but it seems like that seems like it's either them or Cherokee that's like the go-to Indians you know but (laughs) the ones um, they can pronounce (laughs) (laughs) but anyways so he's like this immunologist, but I can't say it. And then like, um, come to find out, like spoilers, um, it's because the natives been drinking like this herbal tea, like from made from plants. And so it's like medicine, basically. And that's the whole reason why they've been immune. And it's freaking awesome. And mm-hmm. it's so good. Like uh, John Trudell is in it. And uh, Tal- remember the uh, was it Gaylord Sartain, the guy that used to be with Gary Busey back in the day um on that late night Tulsa show <laughs> he's in it he's like the bad guy oh it's so good so, so. <laughs> yeah I had to check that one out I want to see how uh Seagal karate chops a, a virus <laughs> <laughs> or a keto I guess he does right <laughs> keto is a virus <laughs> he uses his own momentum <laughs> yeah. the top immunologist <laughs> <laughs> That's believable. Yeah, yeah, that's Doctor Seagal to you. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, so I've got all kinds of stuff planned. Who knows? All right, cool, brother. <laughs> Thanks for hopping on, man, and, and, and yeah. chatting with us and letting us know what's going on with you and sharing some of your stories and some of your uh, insights on native cinema and indigenous cinema. Thanks for being on, Mado Wado, Kianapak. All right, kids. That's it for Real Indigenous, where all these Indigenous get real about some real shit. Thanks a lot for being on. We had our homeboy, uh, Tyler Randall, a.k.a. Turtle, doing the Skoden podcast. And we got the wonderful co-host and all that good stuff. Yeah, I fucked up. I don't know where the outro is. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so but peace and pride, bed peace. Thanks a lot. Cut. Okay.